Saint Anthony of the Desert by Saint Athanasius. Continuing chapter 17, the gift of understanding. To the Greeks who questioned him and scoffed at the cross of Christ, Anthony continued, "This is another wonderful thing, that your teaching was never persecuted, but was honored by cities publicly, while the Christians are persecuted, and yet it is we and not you that flourish and grow. Your teachings, praised on all sides, guarded on all sides, perish, while the faith and teaching of Christ." Mocked by you and persecuted by kings, has filled the world. For when did the knowledge of God so shine out? When did chastity and the virtue of virginity so show itself? Or when was death so scorned as since the cross of Christ came? And this none doubts who look at the martyrs scorning death for Christ's sake, or looks at the virgins of the church. Who, for Christ's sake, keep their bodies pure and undefiled. These are sufficient proofs to show that for serving God, faith in Christ is the only true faith. Even now, behold, you who seek conclusions from reasonings, you have no faith. But we do not prove, as our teacher said, in persuasive words of Greek wisdom. We win men by faith. Which lays hold of real things before argument can logically establish them. See, there are some standing here suffering from demons. Either you make them clean by your syllogisms and by any art or magic you wish, calling on your idols, or if you cannot, then cease attacking us and see the power of the cross of Christ. Having said this, he invoked Christ. And signed the sufferers with the sign of the cross twice and thrice, and at once the men stood up, whole now and in their right mind, and blessing God. And the so-called philosophers were astonished and really stupefied at his wisdom and at the miracle that was done. But Anthony said, "Why do you wonder over this? It is not we that do it, but Christ, who does these things through those who believe in Him." Believe then you also, and you will see that what we have is not tricks of words, but belief through a love that is active unto Christ, which, if you also have, you will no longer seek proofs by reasonings, but will think faith in Christ sufficient by itself. This was Anthony's discourse. The men wondered at it, and departed embracing him, and acknowledging that they had been helped. Chapter Eighteen, the Arian Persecution. The renown of Anthony reached even to kings, for on hearing of these things, Constantine Augustus and his sons, Constantius Augustus and Constans Augustus, wrote to him as to a father and begged to receive answers from him. He, however, did not value these writings nor rejoice over these letters, but was just what he had been before the kings wrote to him. When the letters were brought to him, he called the monks and said, "Do not admire if a king writes to us, for he is a man, but admire rather that God has written the law for men, and has spoken to us by His own Son." He wished not to receive the letters, saying that he knew not what to answer to such. 
But being urged by the monks, because the kings were Christians, and they might be scandalized as though he made them outcasts, he allowed them to be read. And he wrote back, welcoming them because they worshipped Christ, and advised them for their salvation, not to think much of things present, but rather to remember the coming judgment, and to know that the only true and eternal king is Christ. He begged them also to be lovers of men, to care for justice, and to care for the poor. And they were glad to get his letter. So was he beloved by all, and so did all wish to hold him as a father. With this character, and thus answering those who sought him, he returned again to the mount in the interior, and continued his usual life. Often when sitting or walking with visitors, he would become dumb, as it is written in Daniel. After a time, he would resume his former discourse with the brethren, but they perceived that he was seeing some vision. For often in the mountain he saw things happening in Egypt, and described them to the bishop Serapion, who was within, and saw Anthony occupied with the vision. Once as he sat working, he became as in an ecstasy, and in the vision he groaned constantly. Then after a time he turned to his companions, groaning, and trembling he prayed, bending his knees and abiding a long time. When he arose, the old man was weeping. Then the others trembled and were much afraid and begged him to tell, and long they urged him till he was compelled to speak. Then with a great groan he said, Ah, oh, my children, better is it to die than that there happen what I have seen in this vision. And when they asked again, he said with tears, Wrath shall overtake the church, and she shall be delivered up to men who are like to senseless beasts. For I saw the table of the Lord, and around it mules standing on all sides in a ring, and kicking what was within, as might be the kicking of beasts in a wild frolic. You heard surely how I was groaning, for I heard a voice saying, My altar shall be made an abomination. So the old man said, And two years after came this present onset of the Arians, and the plundering of the churches, wherein seizing by force the vessels, they had them carried away by pagans. When too they forced the pagans from the workshops to their meetings, and in their presence did what they would on the sacred table. Then we all understood that the kicking of the mules had foreshown to Anthony what the Arians are now doing, brutishly as beasts. When he saw this vision, he comforted his companions, saying, Do not lose heart, children, for as the Lord has been angry, so later will he bring healing. And the church shall quickly regain her own beauty and shine as before. And you shall see the persecuted restored, and impiety retiring to its own hiding places, and the true faith in all places speaking openly with all freedom. Only defile not yourself with the Ari Arians, for this teaching is not of the apostles, but of the demons, and their father the devil, and indeed from no source, from no sense, from a mind not right it comes, like the senselessness of mules. Chapter 19 
his spiritual influence. Such was the life of Anthony. We must not disbelieve when all these wonders are wrought through a man. For it is the promise of the Savior, who said, If you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say to this mountain, Depart hence, and it shall depart, and nothing shall be impossible to you. And again, Amen, amen, I say to you, if you ask the Father anything in my name, he will give it to you. Ask, and you shall receive. And it is he who said to his disciples and to all that believe in him, Heal the sick, cast out devils, freely you have received, freely give. Anthony healed, therefore, not as one commanding, but praying and using the name of Christ, so that it was plain to all that the doer was not he, but the Lord, who through Anthony showed his tenderness for men and healed the sufferers. Only the prayer was Anthony's, and the ascetic life, for the sake of which he had settled on the mountain, glad in the contemplation of heavenly things, grieved that so many disturbed him, and dragged him down to the outer hills. Being constrained and seeing them lamenting, he used to go to the outer hills, and his toil was not wasted, for to many he was a help, and his coming a benefit. He helped the judges, counseling them to value justice above all else, and to fear God, and to know that with what judgment they judge, with such shall they be judged. Yet he loved his abode in the hills above all other. Once, when he was thus constrained by those in need, and the officer of the soldiers had begged him by many messengers to come down, he went and discoursed a little on matters of salvation and on their own needs, and then was hastening back. On the captain asking him to stay longer, he answered that he could not be long with them, and satisfied him by a beautiful comparison, saying, As fish that are long on dry land die, so monks who linger among you and spend much time with you grow lax. Therefore, we have to hasten to the hills as the fish to the sea, lest if we linger, we should forget the inner life. The officer who heard this, and much more from him, said in admiration that surely this was a servant of God, for whence came wisdom so high and so great to a mere man, unless he were beloved of God. There was one officer named Balakios, who sharply persecuted us Christians in his zeal for the abominable Arians, since he was so cruel as to beat virgins and strip and flog monks, Anthony sent to him and wrote a letter to this intent. I see wrath approaching you. Cease, therefore, persecuting Christians, lest the wrath overtake you, for even now it is nigh upon you. Balakios, laughing, threw the letter on the ground and spat on it. Five days had not passed when the wrath overtook him. For Balakios and Nestorius, the prefect of Egypt, went out riding on horses. These belonged to Balakios, the quietest he had. But before they reached the place, they began to play with each other as horses do. And suddenly the quieter of the two, on which was Nestorius, biting Balakios, threw him down and fell upon him, and so tore his thigh with its teeth, that he was carried back to the city at once, 
and died in three days. And all men marveled how what Anthony had foretold was quickly fulfilled. This has been taken from St. Anthony of the Desert by St. Athanasius, translated by Dom J.B. McLaughlin, OSB. This work is available through Tan Books and Publishers. For more information, go to www.tanbooks.com or call 1-800-437-5876. This work is in the public domain. This has been Christian Classics with Teresa Hofer. Listen every Monday through Friday at this time as Teresa continues her great readings and selections from classic Christian literature right here on the Ave Maria Radio Network. News and talk for Catholic and other Christians.